This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everybody and welcome to a special recording, or special episode I should say, of the Video Junkyard Podcast. We, uh, I'm Eric Branson, and with me as always is uh, Joe Peterson. Hey and, everybody. And I'm being very literal when I say with me because um, I'm, well, I'm actually in your basement so I guess I'm with you. But <laughs> This <laughs> so is I'm where I like... normally record so I should point out that like him being in my basement is not a creepy <laughs> he, thing. He is not taking me prisoner, this is not like... <laughs> We are both on location here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's for like the second time ever we've been in the same place, I think. Yeah, I When think. we record one of these. Yeah, so. first was the Godzilla episode with Ryan, which was actually done in Milwaukee, and this time we're here in uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. We've been uh, viewing some movies from Terror at the Times, which we've been talking about um, uh, quite a lot over the last couple of episodes. We just got back from doing that. Yeah. It was a great event. I would my first time at the Time Theater in in downtown Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which is a cool like you know, old um, I don't know if old fashioned, but like definitely the style of movie theater, neighborhood movie theater that I was more familiar with growing up. Like yeah, I guess a lot of the ones I went to growing up were like two three screen, and this is a single screen you know downtown kind of movie house. But um, yeah, cool cool place, and I they're they're getting fewer and farther between. I think places like that, neighborhood movie theaters, and especially ones that that show vintage, um, you know, have movie yeah. events like. I I really love that theater too because like like you said, it's this kind of style of theater that we grew up with. It's not stadium seating. It's you didn't reserve your seats. It's the traditional nineties. Is not IMAX. <laughs> no, definitely not. You know, the sound system is an older sound system. And it, it, but it's, when you see a movie at, at that theater, which is really, it's all run by volunteers, which is incredibly impressive. And it's technically, I would call it a brewing view in a way, because they sell local beer um, at, at the venue and they have concessions, which is cool. And it's like $2 to get in when they do movies there. But they're showing the kind of movies that you would have gone and seen. Back in the 90s, back in the 80s. I remember when my daughter was really little, we took her to see uh, the original Ninja Turtles movie when they screened it there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which was fun. And they actually had a local pizzeria bring in pizza, which was included in your, your ticket price. Everybody <laughs> yeah, got a slice or two. It's an early movie that I actually remember going to see as a child. And, and Yeah, um, so it, it's it was really great. And I think, you know, the, the work that the, the crew there at the Times and John Pata, who had us out, um, big shout out to him. Yes, thank you very much, John. That was a great, um, great event, but also a great opportunity. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And we we saw some really cool stuff. And of course, we were there. We were doing some trivia stuff. We handed out some T-shirts to people and uh, just try to get the word out. But and hopefully, um, it, we you know a couple people that were there are tuning in. And if if you are welcome, and um, I hope uh, you continue to tune in. But um, yeah, so tonight we saw three video junkyard 
movies i want to even call them because they they're the kind of things we probably would have would have reviewed anyway pretty prime examples of what we're all about yeah and then also a couple of short films which were also really fun i know some people were asking about what our opinions would be of those so we'll we'll cover those real quick here but uh, the three main movies that we're showing tonight were uh, and in this order night of the creeps the stuff and reanimator and we had a lot of fun watching those so and then there were a couple of short films let's see there was um uh going i guess in reverse order which was third wheel cheese fries and then the was it the the ballad of squirt reynolds i believe ballad of squirt reynolds (laughs) yes which i have to say was my favorite um yeah i don't know i was okay I was really impressed with everything that was shown tonight. The, the three movies, obviously, many of you are probably familiar with those. They're they're of you know great, great kind of cult movies, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, I was incredibly impressed with this, the short films that we got that we saw. Uh, I went to a similar event in Chicago called um, the massacre it's a 24-hour film festival and kind of a similar thing where you know they, they do show features for a 24-hour period kind of the same type of movies but in between they show shorts and one of my my short films was actually screened at one of the uh that, that event in chicago and um i i'm never gonna sit here and talk shit about other filmmakers work especially when mine was you know one of my films was among the group but the short films that we saw tonight were Far better than the par of what I saw in, at the Chicago oh, wow. um, um, festival. So I'm not gonna, you know, point the finger, but just in general, I, I was really impressed with those. Um, Ballad of Squirt Reynolds was <laughs> a lot of fun. And it was, yeah, pretty hilarious actually. I, um, that one went a little more for the comedy side of yep. things, but uh, yeah, we played on the, you know, uh, summer camp. Um, yeah. legendary <laughs> woods killer trope yeah um, your, was, your, was your pretty... jason Voorhees style type things you know the, the the camp legend only in short shorts and a burt reynolds mask exactly but, yeah. <laughs> and and honey glue burns which I was, i'm still trying to figure out but that yeah, was a lot was... of fun um cheese fries was interesting too it was essentially like you know a horrible thing happening at a diner um, it, yeah. it felt a little more grindhouse style. That could, I could see that being extended into a grindhouse style film. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed with the quality of it. I liked it that it had a very strong like '80s aesthetic to it, um, both musically and and kind of style stylistically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't short on humor, even though it was a little more you know grim than. But it still had had some laughs and oh, yeah. generally well made. Um, third wheel was pretty fantastic as well yeah i really um, like so. that one too um it, it kind of felt to me like this is your quintessential short horror film yeah it it, it didn't it, this is it's not one i could see being expanded into a feature for I'm example not sure it would work as a feature i mean i'm no. sure i'm sure you could but you need a lot of extra story it's more effective as a short it, exactly. that one more than yeah. the other two were really that one is like seemed like a short film it was conceived yep. as a short film you know it had the most short films have a little setup and there's like this you know, twist ending kind of which sort of. you know over the over the last couple of months doing doing the show we've talked about um a number of of stories that have been based on short works especially stuff by like stephen king yeah and and something that i know has popped up uh, here and there are you know this is a short story that's been converted to a feature and how well does it work 
And I think this, uh, the movie, a short film like Third Wheel is a good example that some stories just work better if they're going to be filmed in that format, in, in the short format, because sometimes that's, that's the story to tell. Not all stories need to be an hour and well, 50 minutes. I think it works really well with horror because horror is very situational, right? And some situations yeah. don't need a whole lot of explaining of why it's uncomfortable. It's just that, you know, you put a couple elements together and yeah. that's what the, the suspense was, comes from or the tension. There was a, a, a brief fad or trend on Facebook or some social media group a couple of years ago, which was like two-sentence horror stories. Oh yeah, yeah, and and some of those I remember reading some of them, and they were very interesting, and it became kind of a fun thing to try to do. I know Sarah and I did a try to do a couple of them, just sitting around having a beer one night, like okay, come up with a short, <laughs> you know, like something along the lines of you know he walked through the woods, fearing what was behind him. He looked up at the full moon and felt the change begin, <laughs> and that's it, you know, yeah. something like that, you know. So two sentences, and you get the point. Sometimes that's the story that you're trying to tell, and I, I so I, I don't want to I don't want to come off like I'm knocking uh, one of those shorts as saying like oh well it was just a short film. No, I think that's great. I think that's the story to tell, and in yeah. some cases you can see things that can be expanded. And I think even when we look at some features, these are things that can be that probably could have been boiled down to a shorter film, right? Sure. That's always a main point. I mean, a lot of, we, we do see a trend with successful short films that people tend to then, you know, write a feature-length script or, you know, based because there's an interest in it so they can find the funding to make the film. And it doesn't always do the biggest service to the idea. Like, sometimes expanding the idea actually right. makes the, takes the tension out of it. Um, like, let's say Third Wheel is a great example. I'm not, because it's something that I'm not sure it's, it's on the festival circuit, I'm not going to do any spoilers on it at all, what it's about. But it is a kind of a prime example of something that I think could be hurt by over-explaining. Like, if you all of a sudden yep. threw a whole bunch of disposition into what was going on, um, potentially drag a lot of the tension out of the because yeah. I mean, you, you could use that as an opening to a longer film, right? Where you yep. explain the situation a little more. Um, but I can think of examples where they've done that and it hasn't worked, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean... Like I, Lights Out, for example. More often, I think it doesn't work than it does yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. when you expand something. Because I remember the short film Lights Out it's, yeah, I remember. It's so good. I mean, yeah. it's what, like two minutes or something so, like that? It's very, very disturbingly yeah. creepy. And yeah, it's like, very creepy. It, it captures that. And then, you know, it was so popular just going around social media that the guy got greenlit to make a full feature. And I'm, I apologize. I don't remember his name right now. Yeah, um, neither. But. but it. I saw that full length feature, and it wasn't even at a, a fraction of of uh in my opinion of, of as good or as effective as that short film was and you know like i said i think you could boil any film down to just a short synopsis um but there's a lot more going on and actually i think the three feature films that we saw tonight um <laughs> could in a way be kind of done that way but they work really really well as features so let's start yeah. with like night of the creeps For Chris, Cindy, and JC, it's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. 
first, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get into your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Uh, that was okay. my first time seeing it. It was, yours it was too, my right? first time as well. Yeah, I was a first timer to two of the three movies that I saw this evening, and I was impressed with, with both of the movies I'd never seen before. So yeah, and that was directed um, by Fred Decker. I think it was nineteen eighty four, early early to mid. They were all right around mid eighties. I don't have anything in front of me, or and don't have any notes this time. Yeah. Around, so <laughs> um, Night of the Creeps. I I believe really, I believe two out of the three were eighty five, and this one was eighty four. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Maybe. Um, anyway, it's, yeah, Fred Decker, who you may know from, um, Monster Squad fame, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which is a... Yeah, he did a year later, I think he did, yeah. he and, and Shane Black did Monster Squad. Uh, and, and this is actually kind of a film that's been done since then in a similar vein, the, the basic premise being, you know, uh, extraterrestrial slugs that turn you into zombie-like creatures. Yep. Um, you know, James Gunn did that with Slither in the early 2000s, which it, was great, but a very different kind of story with what they did with it. It was more of a, you know... The concept was very similar, but yeah, right. different, different setting. Different, different setting, different yeah. story. Um, so yeah, this was my first time seeing Night of the Creeps, and it was... I had a lot of fun with it. I, I it was I very self-aware. liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really funny. Um... Tom Atkins is just the best in that so movie. Good. Like that is my new favorite Tom Atkins performance. He's just awesome. And, in that and movie. didn't did, I think John said at the the screening that in interviews he has said that's his favorite. Yeah, that, that I mean, Atkins said that's his favorite film that he's done, and I can totally see why. He you could tell he was. He gets all the good fun. lines. So. Oh, <laughs> thrill me! Right, that's gonna that's working its way into my lexicon. I know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and Tom Atkins is great in a lot of things, but I still I, I think this is my new favorite. So yeah, uh, yeah. do you see that Shout Factory just put out? I mean, just in the past couple of months, a new special edition Blu-ray of that, and with if you pre-ordered, you had an opportunity to buy a Tom Atkins oh. Detective Cameron action figure. Oh, with cool! It, so, um, which I did not do. It's oh. a little on the pricey side, but. Um, that might be worth it yeah i I, I definitely cool (laughs) i think it's made me a fan i really like that movie um it's it's got a it's got a good cast it's well performed the effects are pretty good for again for the time um but yeah i think the big thing is that it this is a great example of funny i mean decker's humor yeah yeah it's it's good it was I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, that'll be one I, I think I'll revisit again. Yeah, I, I like really the fact like that it. there's a little bit of, um, you know, it starts off as a kind of alien. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's almost like three movies in one. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 thoroughly entertaining movie. I enjoyed it a lot. So, so. I, I think what was cool, like, the, so the, you know, the beginning with this kind of weird alien thing. 
that's a whole movie in and of itself. The movie, if if we were watching three short films, they, you could have done three short films out of that, and and mm-hmm. kind of in a way they did. The the way it's shot, the style of it, is effective. There's a set, a setting in the 1950s that is in black and white, and it's really really cool how they. Oh do yeah, all like that. straight homage to 1950s yeah. alien invasion movies. It's mm-hmm. yep. So. Uh, well, and the axe murderer plotline, and it's just got a lot of really great stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, Fred Decker is a person who really has a big love for, yep. you know, classic horror cinema, as you'll see, you know, you, anyone who knows Monster Squad as well is, you know, exactly. another one. That, um, and then the so. second one we watched was Larry Cohen's The Stuff. No! Don't eat that! I saw it moving the refrigerator. Here, Jason. Take some. There is something alive in there. They're good for us, Jason. <coughs> they kill the bad things inside us. Must be a side effect of eating too much dessert. <coughs> it's gonna kill you! It's gonna kill you all! Hey, wait, wait, wait. We are not alone. Tonight, America is in grave danger. So are you prepared to say on the air that you've actually seen people devoured by the stuff? Oh, hell yes. And what's worse, I've seen what's left of them when the stuff gets through and comes back up. Yeah. That was the first time you've seen that. That was right? the first time for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had seen just a little bit a couple months ago, maybe a year ago. But yeah, yeah. Although I'm familiar with Larry Cohen, I've not seen a whole lot of his work. Just a couple of his movies. Um, but yeah, I did. I was again pretty pretty impressed with the uh, the stuff. And again, it, I I'm gonna have a lot of the same comments as it, it worked in many of the same ways. Although they're very kind of they're different mm-hmm. films, but yeah. um, it's funny, you know kind of good good cheesy special effects in the movie and um well i thought it was neat some of the neat trivia we learned about this was that there's a a a really infamous scene in the stuff that you see the 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 stuff right the stuff from the title actually like crawling up a wall and i guess they used the same set piece to make that effect that they did for the johnny depp bed scene in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, which I, was I really did cool. not know that. Um, but I, I could mean, totally see it. Once I knew, I, I could see it for yeah. sure. Um, um, and, and I think, you know, we, we haven't covered Cohen's films before, and it's something I think we should do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Cohen is a, is a really interesting director. Um, he brings his experiences and his history coming from, like, New York... Uh, at that particular time in the 70s and 80s and those decades uh, to his films. They're very gritty. The films, we were talking about before, the, yeah. the films do kind of feel a bit loose. Yeah. Technically. You could you could make the criticism that they're not technically great films, and I'm talking from a camera editing, right. you know, lighting standpoint. Um, there's a lot of good things going on in his movies, I think, uh, especially because he's... I feel like he always... 
okay, and I shouldn't say always because I just admitted earlier that I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, but what I have seen, um, there's always a, a really good, strong um, message or something that's going on in his movies. They're quite smart movies, but yeah. they're not, you know, maybe not executed to perfection. Uh, that could be for many reasons, obviously, being a low-budget filmmaker. I mean, that's generally the reason you see something like that is that someone, you, you don't have the time to, you know, spend 60 yeah. minutes per take or whatever and <laughs> but setting up each shot you know you're not you don't get stanley kubrick time for he he reminds me of of an artist and i guess he is he's an artist who is more concerned about the message he's trying to convey than he is about making it look polished and flashy not to say that they look bad necessarily no but he you know the effects can be a little bit more visible you can you notice things maybe the delivery of certain lines isn't as effective as it could be um but the story that he's telling is usually impactful enough where it's rather easy to overlook those criticisms uh so the stuff you know it being the the basic premise being there's this new marketed dessert that came from a rather weird ominous <laughs> origin and it's starting to take people over and then they're starting to become you know it's, it's kind of like invasion of the body snatchers except you eat the body snatchers in a way yeah. um <laughs> i guess if i could really sum it up you infect yourself by eating right and then the you dessert, start and then you kind of become squishy white stuff inside and right the the stuff starts to consume you from the <laughs> inside out and, and takes you over it actually reminds me a lot of the uh have you ever heard about cordyceps? Hmm. It's this. This is some true, real science shit. Um, there's a, 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 a series of or species of, of fungi that are called cordyceps, and one of the more classic examples of them is they affect ant colonies, and it's what'll call, produce the so-called zombie ants, where once they're infected with this fungus and starts growing on the inside. Um, the other ants in the colony will take the infected one, or they'll remove them from the colony and put them on like a different leaf. <laughs> and then, as the fungus advances, it actually kills the ant. It'll burst through their exoskeleton, and then spread out spores to infect more. But in the meantime, it makes them behave very differently, very weird. Hmm. So this is a real thing, folks. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't jump species. Yeah, um, but I was just thinking. Yeah, so in a way, the stuff is like that. It's this thing, extraterrestrial or something. It's this organism that affects you by eating it. Um, but the way that Cohen uses that in a story about consumerism mm -hmm. is really quite brilliant and we, we were talking a bit about this too i'd love to see how this movie could be made today oh man if you if you some of the criticisms that he make would only be that much more poignant with when you start to like put in like let's say the way that we interact with a product or people advertise to us via like social media um via i mean pretty much everything we do we're constantly bombarded by advertising now when that movie was made in 1985 it was only like a little piece of the pie of what we have mm -hmm. now with the amount of messages that we're getting so um it'd be cool to actually see a cohen um sequel to this movie like something that would yeah. just like push it forward um it wouldn't even have to be a direct sequel just something in the same thematic um I don't know, but what did what did you think of Michael Moriarty's performance in this? He's the he's the star <laughs> of the film as a kind of industrial espionage expert. 
I started off being a little skeptical of his performance. I didn't really get what he was doing, and I think it took me about five minutes, and I really loved his character. Like, I think that's yeah. it just it just grows on you. Um, he's a total asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but he's but, intended to be right. And uh, once you figure out, you know, who this guy is and how he's played, it seems a little off if you've seen Michael Moriarty in other things. Like, it just like it does it doesn't mesh at first, and then. Um, yeah, I know. I ended up really liking his performance. He's actually—it's a very strong performance. I think um, he's pretty great in it. Yeah, he plays this kind of a cocky, overly confident. Sounds like a southern accent, mm-hmm. which is a bit forced at times. Because yeah, I think originally yeah. he's not. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but um, and and it. He, he, you hear people des- are described as scene chewing, and he does that pretty much in every single scene that he's oh, in. Yeah. So he really does make the film. Um, but yeah, it does have its humorous parts. There's definitely some dark humor in it. Garrett Morris is yeah. really entertaining in this. Is <laughs> Chocolate Chip Charlie? Um, that, that's it's it's a great character, and he's a lot of fun to watch. And you could tell he's having a well, it, I would say you could tell he's having a lot of fun making this movie, but what yeah, we heard not. is apparently he, he didn't. Didn't care for it. Didn't yeah. care for working with them. And then we concluded the evening with uh, watching Reanimator, which is one that we both have, have, both have seen a number oh, of yes. times. Oh, yes. That's one I, I've seen enough times to consider an old favorite at this point. So. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such dribble? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are he's you? brilliant but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. I but lately they're getting out of hands. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces. Yeah, and, um, you know, major props to Stuart Gordon. This was his first feature film and also his first, obviously, um, uh, foray into Lovecraft territory who's making a movie based on Lovecraft or a very loose adaptation which most of his films are pretty loose adaptations of Lovecraft but yeah I mean I I feel like it is a very loose adaptation in style it's it's not as far off as people like 
whenever somebody's like, it's nothing like the story, I usually go, oh, you haven't read the story. Like, because <laughs> um, it's not nothing like it. it. It has a lot of the same, even kind of like little plot points. It's just, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft has a, I would say no sense of humor, but that's not entirely true. It's a very different sense of humor than right. what Stuart Gordon's film is. Uh, yeah, his, like, Stuart so. Gordon's film is almost... It approaches slapstick level yeah. of gore, gross-out humor. I wouldn't say as much as, like, Sam Raimi did with Evil Dead 2. No, not quite, because it's not as... Yeah. It's... This is a little more of a Frankenstein film than the Lovecraft yeah. story is. Um, although, I mean, obviously, I, you, obviously he's drawing some influence from there as well. Yeah, the Lovecraft story itself. Yeah. Re- uh, Herbert Wester Animator is a bit of a Frankenstein tale. So, yeah, it's there. But... but yeah, but, but I, the good things about Stuart Gordon's um, film, I think, is that it was made on a shoestring budget. Practically, no money went into making it. It was a it was a freshman effort from almost everyone involved, um, and you would never guess that for a second. It's it's mm-hmm. entertaining throughout. The special effects are very effective throughout. It is funny throughout. It is like uh, the acting is pretty solid, even from people that didn't go on to have like big careers. Like Jeffrey Combs, obviously went on to be, in, yeah, you know, all over TV throughout the oh, 90s. Barbara Crampton, and, like, in, yeah, Barbara Crampton and many other um, horror films. She's uh, like like John pointed out tonight, having a resurgence in her career because of yeah. fandom of a lot of these yep. movies, uh, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it's a huge success um, from an independent, you know. Um, from an independent film standpoint because of just how good and effective the of a film it is and still is on multiple viewings and uh, well still... i was i was shocked to hear um that this uh, of the three films we watched tonight, the three features that we filmed that we watched tonight that one had the lowest budget that movie was made in less than 20 days i mm-hmm. think it was 18 days um and less than nine hundred thousand dollars yeah less than a million dollar budget and it's by far of those three not to down the stuff or night of the creeps but reanimator has the biggest following it had two or three sequels um all with jeffrey combs it launched jeffrey combs career it reinforced barbara crampton's um and it, it made barbara crampton into the scream queen or like right. the, the the horror icon she is right i mean that that's probably her most famous well and as john pointed out too that this is a film that is culturally significant enough where it's been mentioned in other films as part of like a plot or a discussion point in <laughs> in oscar winning films like american beauty they talk about reanimator right um so it's for what it's worth it does have this following and for a good it's, reason it's a movie that is is solidly placed in like the pop culture um realm it's still it's still very much what i consider to be a cult or kind of b movie like i mean i'm sure my parents have never seen reanimator but right um but it's 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 definitely among like the better known of um you know it's up there with you know the the Romero's dead movies, um, yeah. Some of John Carpenter's stuff, like Escape from New York, and you know, uh, Big Trouble Little China. Some of the, the level of that kind of cult status. Yeah, it's definitely um, got. It's, it definitely has a following, and it definitely has a cultural significance. Um, the sequels, not as much, but it it this the fact that there are numerous sequels shows that it did have some kind of cultural impact. Yeah. Um, unlike some of the other films that we've talked about on the show, like the Silent Night Deadly Night series that were kept going not necessarily because of popularity but because of controversy but 
uh, in this case, it's it, it has a following for a very very good reason. I think it's like we've like we've said, it's it's got it's not really a scary movie. I mean, if if you're watching it, you've probably <laughs> already seen scarier films. Yeah, I mean, but it's got the grouse out gags, and it's got the just. The ridiculousness. It's, it's of a it. special effects movie. It's got a couple of scenes that are memorable. Of uh, the um, headless rape scene, or whatever you would call it, yeah. is is listed often among like most infamous <laughs> scenes in in uh, film history. Um, I it, it it's always been a tough scene because it's is, is it it it's actually pretty funny but if you like break down like what you're watching yeah, like, it's pretty messed it's up it's pretty messed up too so it's uh but i don't know and it everything in that movie maintains like a level of like fun um cartoony violence that i don't think it's uh oh yeah anyway. it's pretty over the top and i think that's part of its charm so but overall, I'd say the evening was a, a was a success. I mean, we we gave away a bunch of T-shirts and we asked a bunch of weird trivia questions, and I, it, it was funny because we came up with a, a handful of questions for each movie that we would we would be asking as kind of uh, a trivia thing for the giveaways, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of those questions were answered to the audience in the introduction to each film which is fine you know like oh here's a here's a good trivia bit about this movie that we could ask people about and then here it came out with the intro which is totally fine um we were we didn't have to have any backups which yeah. was good we didn't have to use any it's of our backups informed audience <laughs> yeah and, and i think you're going to get that especially at horror movie events like this of course so that was great but overall i mean we're not going to do grades or anything like that but i i really enjoyed all three of these films and all three of the shorts as well yeah i didn't see anything tonight that wasn't really good i mean i I think it was just a great night overall um great event great venue i yeah i mean nothing to complain about no it was Thank you to everyone involved with the Time Theater for having us and for letting us be involved in the in the evening. That was it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Big thank you to John Pata and everybody at the Time Theater. And I, I, I want our, our listeners to kind of think about this too. From if if I could ask you to um, to think about in your communities, what is your is there a local theater? Is there an older theater somewhere in town? Do they show? I don't want to say second run, but third, fourth, nth run films. Um, get involved. Those kind of theaters can really bring you know a lot to a community. I think you know whether you're showing schlocky old horror films or entertainment for younger audiences. Uh, these are some really kind of uh, lost events, and I think especially when it's an older movie. There's a difference between going and seeing the big blockbuster at your local multiplex where everybody is there to have this shared experience of a movie that they're, they haven't seen before. And some people are going to walk out unhappy and some are going to walk out pleased. Uh, but in a case like this, you're there because you like at least one of those movies. In fact, I think they did ask that how many people in the audience tonight hadn't seen any of the films. And I think there was maybe one one or two, yeah. And that was it. Most of the people that were there because they really love one of these films and they just want to see it on a big screen surrounded by people that also like these kind of movies. Yeah, so, I mean, there's something kind of 
magical about that. I mean, at yeah. least at least our generation, I think, that grew up I'm watching movies in a theater. I'm kind of scared that kids these days, growing up now, aren't going to have that attachment to uh, right. cinema and to. But I I still think that my my preferred way to watch any movie or to to engage with cinema is to sit you know in the dark in a movie theater. And it's 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 the way that I get the most into anything with other people because um, there's no other distractions. Yeah. But yeah, with other people, it, it is. Um, I think we were talking about this earlier tonight, but but watching a movie seems like a very antisocial thing, like something you do alone. And I do often, you know, watch a movie by myself, or um, but it's actually can be a very social activity as well, even if you're not you know sitting talking to everybody. But it's a shared experience, especially when you're sharing it with people. That have a love of the you know the film like Reanimators one yep. of those for us I think um, that is that is something you love and and you have fond memories of and um, yeah it, it's I think well I think that's, that's why people why why Rocky Horror Picture Show has maintained its popularity over decades because it's a shared experience in a theater nope you know. They make a specific point when you go see Rocky Horror in a theater to point out the Rocky Virgins, people that this is their first time seeing it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the first time I saw Rocky Horror was on video, and I thought, what the fuck is I this? saw it on, yeah, VHS tape by yeah. myself the first time I saw it, and I was, I kind of on it, admittedly, uh, was like, what in the hell am I watching? Like, I don't mm-hmm. even understand. Um, I grew to love it eventually when I kind of got what it was about and then it was about all that shared experience and right. you know seeing it with a group of people and um just having fun with it like because it's you know it's an incredibly fun movie and no it doesn't make any sense in the you know, right like, no it doesn't right it's a very um, silly over the top you know kind of i also you know was a teenage kid i had a lot lower um you know understood a lot lower like tolerance for um know b movies and things like at that point in my life um yeah. although I, i've always think i always think i've enjoyed them a little more than your average film viewer but uh. well and i think it's just you know i i would love if more people got involved in local cinema you know you hear about supporting your local theater troupe that's great and local local music acts that's awesome but there's this kind of hidden thing in most medium to large cities and that's a local community cinema yeah where they're usually going off of volunteers and donations to bring in older films to screen them for audiences that really really want to see them and i think places like the time theater in oshkosh are a great example of how that can work and and i know for a fact they're not the only ones they're all over every major city and most medium-sized cities too and even in some small towns so if you have that opportunity, support that local cinema, get involved maybe, you know, in, in volunteering or helping out and decide what movies to bring in. And it's all about just having fun. And, and I, to me, those kind of places are almost an embodiment of the Video Junkyard podcast. These are movies from the past that people have kind of forgotten about. <laughs> and you forgot how much you loved them. Or not, right? But yeah. it's a place to see them. And it's, it's a step it's it's an, an evening to step back in time in a way. Now that we've lost the video store as a yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've lost the video store and everything's yeah, you could probably watch some of these movies on your streaming service. I know that, you know, Night of the Living Dead being in the public domain is you could watch it on any platform you wanted to, but there's something about seeing it in a theater with a bunch of people. Yeah. 
that just totally makes well, that. I mean, film. just this year, I I saw uh, American Werewolf in London on the big screen. I saw Reanimator yeah. tonight on the big screen. So like two of my favorites. And yeah, there's something there's something about it. So um, if you're into that, if that's your thing, um, go and find your local theater. You know, even if it's in the next town over. You know, small theater showing older movies. Um, you know. And, Go and see. Go and see them. Yeah. <laughs> just, just uh, it, it's not going to keep happening if we don't go out and support it. So, exactly. yeah. so. well, I'm glad we had the opportunity to kind of do a little uh, post mortem, for lack of a better phrase, of, of <laughs> the evening. Um, guys, everybody out there, please keep tuning in because we have some upcoming shows. We're going to be reviewing some Tagashi Miike films. We're going to be reviewing some Luke Besson films. Uh, and we are also going to have a couple of, of guests on the show uh, coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So make sure that you tune in for that. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. Where we're, hopefully you're listening to us right now. You can also send us a line. What are your opinions? Have you ever seen Night of the Creeps, The Stuff, or Reanimator? And maybe the sequels to Reanimator 2. And what are your opinions on them? Is there a local theater in your town that you could help support? Yeah. Please feel free to drop us a line on Facebook. Let us know what your local theater is, what they're called, um, what they are on Facebook. I will, you know, let's put all of that stuff on the show. We'll, we'll give them a plug for free because I'm just into people doing that. Yeah, <laughs> happy to support those. And you can also shoot us a line on Twitter at VideoJunkPod on, as our Twitter handle. So... I'm, it's awesome to have you here, and we're yeah. it's cool to be recording in the same place for once. I know it'd be a probably a, the this is the second time ever, and probably another few six months before we're we'll able to do it again, right? Unfortunately, so. that's the nature of things. But that's right. Yeah, so. But well, thanks everybody for tuning in for this very special episode. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson, and I'm Eric Branson, coming to you from beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin. <laughs> have a good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? <laughs> <laughs>